BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. This is another bonus segment on the Ben Jarofsky Show. I think this is airing. What day is this airing, D? This will be Sunday. Sunday. So it's 6 a.m. Sunday. Good God, I'm still sleeping. Uh, anyway, it's bonus time. We generally talk about national politics, leave the city of Chicago behind. And that's why you might be, descri- be surprised to know that a familiar voice, a familiar face is in the studio with me today. Yes, we call her Governor Gates, Stacy <laughs> Davis Gates. What's up, man? <laughs> Did you laugh? <laughs> He laughed. Stacy, we have a mystery guest. Uh, why don't you introduce uh, all our listeners? Wait, one more. Stacy Davis Gates, Vice President of Chicago Teachers Union. I urged her to run for governor. She didn't listen to me. I don't think she listens to a lot of things I, I do when I urge her to do stuff. But uh, some, anyway, some things. Some things. Uh, she's a regular guest on our show. Uh, Stacy Davis Gates brought in a mystery guest. So who is the mystery guest? Well, Ben, I've brought in a representative from the city of South Bend, the okay. place that raised me. Um, he is councilman, uh, common councilman elect Henry Lee Davis Jr., aka my little brother. Okay, little brother, welcome to the show. What's happening, man? Uh, <laughs> and he is Henry Davis Jr. And I, I discovered this, Henry. I already told you. So I want to tell it to the listeners. Uh, when uh, suddenly this name, uh, Mayor Pete Pete Buttigieg, or as Dennis likes to call him, Shake Your Buttigieg, uh, was uh, moving to the front ranks in the Democratic process. What, he was like third at one point? I was interested. I didn't know much about him, so I got his book out. I was reading through his book, and all of a sudden I saw the name, Councilman Henry Davis, and I was like, I know Stacy Davis Gates is from South Bend. I wonder if there's a relationship. One thing led to another. I called her up. She's going, yep, that's my baby brother. So here you are <laughs> as a result of that. So we're going to get to Mayor Pete. I know you love Mayor Pete, but before we get to Mayor Pete, tell folks a little bit about yourself. Uh, I'm a resident of South Bend, obviously. I'm native of South Bend, born and raised there. I'm born in 79. We talked about that earlier. You saw my 81. I was gonna mess with you about that, but I left that alone. Oh, I see. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> uh, the old guy's not quite up on his mathematics. Yeah, man, right. <laughs> but um, definitely, I'm just a person from South Bend, and I, I love my city. South Bend is enough for me, and I um, have um, a family there. I have a wife. I have a son. He's ten years old. I have a wife. Um, it's high school sweethearts, actually. Um, <laughs> I've uh, she's like you asked me to talk about me, and so my mom, and my dad, is still there. You know, most of the family is still there. And uh, I, I went to LaSalle High School, ninety-seven grad. Uh, went to uh, IUSB, which is the local co- community college, mm-hmm. Indiana University Extension, and I uh, ended up graduating from Earlham College, which is in Richmond, Indiana, uh, in two thousand two. Came back home and uh, kind of like caught the political bug and got bit and you know here I am. All right, now uh, I said this briefly before we went air and I apologize for my utter ignorance. So I just have to sometimes be ignorant. Um, I didn't realize there were black people of, in South Bend. I just my ignorance. I didn't I, know there was any <laughs> black people there either. 
Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't. I mean, it, just, it took me a long time to figure that out, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so help me out, and I'm sure there's other people like me. Uh, t- talk about that a little bit. How many? What's like the rough? You know, if breakdown? you think about Springfield, yeah, and if people are familiar with going down to Springfield, uh-huh. Springfield and South Bend have very similar demographics in the way that um, black people are apportioned, if you will. What so, does that mean? It ain't a lot. <laughs> Okay. It's not a lot. Yeah. And in Springfield, it, to me, it, it tends to look like they live on one side of town. Well, that's what I was, so is it a, a thing where pretty much uh, every black person in South Bend knows the other one? You get what I'm saying? Uh, is it or, that small? Or, or, or related. It's not like that small, man. It's, like, it's not Mayberry, right? <laughs> Were there any black people in Mayberry? No. I, you know what? I always so that's asked why that. it's not what, Mayberry. Yeah, I wondered what that was about. But yeah. no. Um, the jail cells weren't didn't even have black people in there. Otis, yeah, right. Was the only guy in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but and no, he had the keys. Yeah, yeah, so he walked in when he got ready to, right? Yeah. But no, we um we're close to thirty percent. Mm-hmm. I, I always think that we're more than thirty percent. You know, um, just statistics and how people don't want to be counted when the census come through. So yeah, but we're we're more on the west side, west of the river than we are east of the river. East of the river is smaller part of the town. West of the river is the larger part of the town. And so when you run for councilman, do you run for districts or do you run city, citywide? You, okay, so you have a, a setup on the city council. You have uh, six districts and three at-large uh, seat holders. And so are you uh, at-large? or No, sir, our uh, second district. You're the second district? Yes, sir. Okay, is that mostly black, black people? Okay. <laughs> no, nah, man. You see, that's what I'm talking about. It, you see... It, it seems like that, but it's not. If you go out and knock on doors, you, you'll probably see more of like a 60-40 split, probably closer to 50-50, you know, sometimes. It's it's not a total black district. Okay. Yeah. But uh, it, it's but you need the black vote in that district. So, Henry, when you were a kid growing up, were there, was there a political culture that you were part of? Were you no, sir. Not at all. I, I didn't even like politicians. I, I thought they were all, you know... Um, liars <laughs> and so it, it just no I, I, just, I, I didn't get into it I didn't not at all I, I remember you know third grade exercise we would uh, vote you know a voting exercise with the president directs we would do those sorts of things I, I remember you know uh, government class in high school but Nothing. Did you have Mr. Moyer? Yes, I had Mr. Yeah. Moyer. <laughs> nothing Mr. Extens- Moyer. Nothing huh? extens- extensive. You know, my mind, I didn't <laughs> cut my teeth there. Yeah. <laughs> so what got you the political bug? Came home one day. Uh, I went. I moved down to Atlanta, Georgia uh, for a few months. Came home. Um, just came back on some homesickness stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and the nets on the basketball court where I really learned how to play basketball were gone. The lights were like half out so all the lights that were up there that allowed you to play ball during the summertime at night because that's when the fun is at uh they were gone and they were not only gone they were busted out and the nets are off the basketball rims and that pissed me off actually how old were you about this time early 20s i had to be about 24 mm-hmm. about 23 24 mm-hmm. yeah and so what did you do about it um i ran for council at age 24? No, actually, at 20, I got to see that at age 26. I didn't know exactly how to do it, so I became a precinct committee chairman. 
And those seats were really like used as a way of getting people into, you know, the political play. Stepping stone. Yeah. Well, they relied on a Democratic Party chairman at that point in time to, to appoint them. And they told me that the only way I can get in was to be appointed if the Democratic chairman liked me. Well, that wasn't what's on paper. Mm-hmm. You can't get elected as a precinct committee chairman. So I went and got elected. So that like pissed like the entire party off. And so I became an elected precinct committee man. And thereafter, I became a city councilman. So it was like two years in between. So when you're a, a precinct committeeman, are you the guy who goes knocking on doors on behalf of the Democratic Party? I could be, but we don't do that there. So what, what does a committeeman do? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> well, all right. Well, well we, at least you're well, honest well, about well, it. What we're supposed to do is yeah. what you're saying. What yeah. we're supposed to do, and we're only called on, is when there's a special election, either if it's district-wide or if it's um, you know uh, city-wide, when someone leaves their seat early for whatever reason, and we vote those people back into office, or we vote for the new Democratic chairman within the county. So in about t- 2006, I'm trying to keep a chronological uh, uh, uh relation here let's see you ran what were your issues that you ran on i have an issue right now your voice is like really deep on this microphone mine's is really high how do you do that (laughs) (laughs) how how do you do that man i was born this way come on man i have an issue right now man (laughs) all right i'll speak higher so you ran right on here we go there we go there we go no your voice sounds fine you just but you sound better (laughs) (laughs) i don't know man it comes with age aka he's old yeah that's how that that's you gotta get old. That's what so I gotta drink more coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, okay. you just gotta get old. Just gotta get, well, <laughs> yeah. I hope to. Yeah. I hope to. Yeah, I hope you make no, it. No, right. Me too. So, no, I didn't want to. I ran on. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first time anybody ever asked me that yeah, question. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things. But uh, I ran on advocacy and I ran on having a person that was a real true representative for the district. Mm-hmm. Um, we had some um, points that we really talked about, and a lot of my, I do not remember. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Okay. But there was really a conversation about representation and being represented well uh, at the city council level and making sure resources were returning back to that particular area, yeah. which is still the battle, still the fight. In South Bend. Yes, sir. And uh, so you got elected right off the bat. How many opponents did you have? In that race, the first one was three. It was three, including myself. It was the incumbent. She was 12-year incumbent, council president. Yeah. I I mean, really, I stepped on a lot of (laughs) landmines walking through. Wow. And so, and it was a guy that was an upstart just like I was that tried to get And so did they, in in, uh, South Bend politics, do you have to get more than 50% of the voters? No, we don't do that. One more than the next one. So it's... You know, did your big sister come back home to absolutely tell me what to do, how to do <laughs> it, how to get it to done? Do so there you go. What you shouldn't say, how you should say it, you yeah. know, all of that. <laughs> he has a hard time listening, as you can tell. Uh, See? And uh, so you took her advice, and you were victorious. Uh, yeah, we and, won. And now, uh, so you come into the city council, though. Uh, all right, give folks a little explanation about South Bend. And it, most Chicagoans know South Bend. They immediately think, if they think of anything, of, of Notre Dame. Well, we've learned about Mayor Pete. Notre Dame's not even in South Bend. Am I got that right? Um, no, it's not. It's outside. Of, no, it's uh, not outside. It's South Bend, right? So... Notre Dame sits like in a corner, if you can envision a corner of a city. Uh-huh. The city is still there. So the city sort of surrounds Notre Dame. So do they act like they're not part of South Bend? Or? 
Only when they want money, they act like they're a part of South Bend. Do they pay property taxes to South Absolutely Bend? not. We need a pilot program. So they're tax exempt? Yeah. Is that an issue in South Bend? We need the pilot program. What do you mean by a pilot Payment program? in lieu of taxes. So what happens is that we have, um, they get a number of resources from us, you know, tax dollars. So like the last mayor before, Mayor Buttigieg, uh, Steve Lickey, he gave them like an $8 million sewer system. We didn't even know anything about it. The mayor gave he, way. He, he, just, he, just, he just showed up. Seriously. I mean, and not that anyone should be angry about that. You have to dispose of waste and you have to make sure right. that you got some water going in and out. The problem is, is that when you're starting to get those type of gifts and you have people who are actually paying taxes, who are actually living in the city limits, who are actually working for the city of South Bend, who are actually in the city, they should get the same type of service as a Notre Dame is getting. Well, let me ask you this. How did they handle their uh, sewage before? It was still the they, same. It's still tied into the city of South Bend. Everything's still tied. So, into, in other words, he didn't literally give them their first sewage. Treatment. No, it, no, he, he didn't, but it. he improved it. I got it. It was it. like $8 million. They needed a new set of uh, wheels, and they got a new car. Does no, Notre Dame pay uh, sewage fees to the city of South Bend? Not that I'm aware of. I have never seen anything like that. No. they, they Nothing. So their argument, what is their argument? That Notre Dame's argument for not having to pay property taxes or having Well, to their argument is always that they supply uh, most of the jobs in St. Joseph County. That's usually the argument, that they supply a lot of the jobs in St. Joseph County. And that a lot of people that live in South Bend wouldn't have a job or a paycheck or anything of that nature if they weren't there. And what's your reaction to that argument? I, I don't have a reaction. I just think that that's crazy. I really do. I think that if you're there and you're participating in the area, you should make sure that you pay your fair share just like everybody else does. Did they also argue that you'd be nothing if it wasn't for Notre Dame? That, that is the feeling. Uh, I've never – well, yes, I have. I heard that come out of their mouths before. <laughs> strange, I can give you a very strange story. Okay. But, yeah, absolutely. They, they The top brass feel like that. They do. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, they do. And my my argument is that you wouldn't have anything if it wasn't for South Bend. Yeah. So it's a shared experience, and everybody should you know be gracious in that experience. So if I went to South Bend to watch Notre Dame play Northwestern uh, in football, I don't even know if they're going to play each other, but let's say, and I bought a ticket, would a portion of my ticket proceeds go to South Notre Dame? It all goes to Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. <laughs> so South Bend doesn't even get Notre Dame. Wow. Notre Dame. They get, they don't have to I'm going to tell you something else, man. Look, you, you, you're like digging in this thing. So I'm going to tell you what happens, right? Okay. So like several years ago, I think it was my first year on council. It was 2008. They came up with this, this dream of Eddie Street Commons where they marked out an entire area within the city and around the campus as Eddie Street Commons project. It has three phases. They're on phase two right now. They uh, came up with an idea to, to gentrify. Seriously, when we say that, people say that loosely or they really don't know what that means. No, they literally gentrified the east side where you have like home values at forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars. You know, working class folks. Um, you have uh, people of color, black people living over there. You know, low economic bracket people. Now, at this point in time, you see people with brand new homes. Those old homes are gone. I mean, they literally cleared out streets, whole entire streets, and they put in a um, million dollar homes, five hundred thousand dollar homes, seven thousand. And they not only did that; they backed the loan. The, the the university backed 
the loans. So if these folks that are coming in on these loans, that they could be professors, whomever, mm -hmm. uh, living in these new uh, homes, if they decide to leave, move, or you know whatever that is, the the university would take over that home and then find new people to go inside that home. They have like they get all kinds of like crazy tax abatements, like nine ten year tax abatements. We had a guy. Funny you asked that question because I was talking to one of my buddies today about this. There was a guy that came in there. He lives out in the suburbs. It was called Norwood. He came to the council for a tax abatement for the house that he was building. And we were like, well, why are you asking for a tax abatement? He said, because I'm living in Norwood, and so I can't handle two mortgage payments. The new home that he was going into had like nine bedrooms, like six bathrooms. I asked him over the uh, council floor, could I come in and move in with him? Because I, I, I just thought it was obscene. Yeah. You know, I, you're using a tax abatement to lessen the amount of money that you have to pay in taxes yeah. because you have two very large homes. Yeah. Who has that conversation? I, I, that generally would fall under the category of not my problem if you have two very large homes. Yeah, right. It, uh, very, yeah. yeah. You know, so you're doing really well and yeah. then you're using this you right. know, subsidy. And it's fine because it was available, but it was just like a really, it was a, it was a gut check, actually. Yeah, I'd probably have a field day if I was a crusading reporter in uh, South Bend. Good luck with that. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's taken over as well. I mean, this past election cycle, we didn't have uh, very much of a, a media press. Presence. I mean, you had like eight people, nine people running for mayor. You would be hard pressed to find any article about any of the municipal races over the last several. Well, generally months. that works to the advantage of an incumbent. Yeah, it, did. it helped me out. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, it helped me out. Did you have an opponent in the last election? Yeah, I had. Um, well, how many was in that race? Well, Four you total. The uh, but I was an incumbent. But you were just well known. Yeah. Yeah. So you were, I th wait, you were no, so I ran. Oh, okay, I got two terms. Uh, then I ran for mayor, lost, and then I came back in after I you see. know cycle uh, okay. turned around. When did you run for mayor? 2015 against Peter Buttigieg. Yeah. All right. Now let's get to here. That. We go. All right, here we go. <laughs> so I never heard. I'm going to make a confession, Henry. I never heard of Peter Buttigieg. I didn't know anything about the guy. Now I must confess as well. I'm not really paying attention to South Bend politics. Okay. Pretty much all I knew about South Bend is that Notre Dame played there and Stacey Davis Gates came from there. All right. And they're not. Pacer fans, right? Got this no, we were, we're closer to Chicago, man. We yeah. don't do the Pacers. Plus, I don't like the Pacers' colors, man. I don't like their colors either. I don't like anything about the Pacers. Uh, <laughs> really, I got a lot of issues with the entire state of Indiana, if you really want. If we really want to confess here. I got, my, I got my issues. Only, I like always like Gary. It's like the like the well, Gary is like an extension of Chicago land, right? I guess, but yeah. uh, I've always, something about Gary I've always liked. Uh, maybe it's because Michael Jackson was there. All right, doesn't matter. So the point is, all of a sudden, <laughs> what where, <laughs> Peter Buttigieg, and he, you know, elevated himself uh, to. I guess he was at one point third in the polls uh, behind uh, Warren and uh, Bernie Sanders, and now, of course, uh, with uh, Grandpa Joe in the race. Uh, I don't hear much about bottom uh Buttigieg anymore grandpa joe but I, I know he's still raising money so what uh what was your first experience with did you go to high school with him did you know you're both from south bend right i, I knew nothing about him coming in um I, what i did know is when he first started his political career he uh ran for a state office uh and so we were you know on interface you know sparingly mm -hmm. uh when we had democratic meetings or whatever and so that was all of it. That, that was my experience. He, he ran. What, which office did he run for? 
it wasn't all state treasurer. It, it was treasurer. He didn't yeah. win. No. Well, so was there a moment? So you didn't go to high school with him. Was there a moment where he came up to you and he says, uh, "Henry Davis, my name is Pete Buttigieg," and shake your hand? No, I think I did that. I mean, that's the type of guy I am. Yeah. I, I will introduce myself to people. Uh, I thought it was cool that we had more people that were younger that was running for office, yeah. and that was the extent of it. It was very surface for me. And uh, so, did you? You got what was your general impression of him when you met him? Uh, it seemed like a fish out of water. Like he um, just, it just, it was like he was like, okay, 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 you know, and just shaking his head. And I get it. You know, you're nervous. You're you're a new arena, so it wasn't necessarily like anything that you know shook me. It was just you know meeting somebody for the first time, and he just seemed a, you know I, I, the green word is the word. I was want to say aloof, but that probably wouldn't be a good word either. I just think that he was you know just there. And uh, so, how was it that you both ran for mayor at the same time? He talk about that a little bit uh, because I became very uh, frustrated with the way that services were being delivered in South Bend I became uh, very frustrated with the living conditions and the environment of South Bend everything west of the river so that includes several other districts that just include the second district I became very frustrated with um, his style of leadership uh, and I thought and knew that we deserve more we still do need and deserve more uh, in the city of South Bend I mean, you're talking about all of this development that's happening downtown. I mean, they can run numbers all day, every day, you know. And so, and that's fine. But what I'm not happy with is that those numbers don't equate to expanded tax base. It doesn't equate to new job growth. It doesn't equate to anything. It's just paint on the building and uh, jam traffic. You can have a traffic jam in South Bend right now with three cars. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the, the development that he talks about uh, in downtown South Bend, is that uh, subsidized with tax dollars? Oh, my God. It's all tax dollars, dude. It's all tax dollars. It's terrible. So, like there are, like I said, no expansion of tax base. That means you're taxing more. These folks are coming in there, and whatever they're building, they're getting, like, 10-year tax abatements. So we never used to, when I came in, you know, before he got there, we didn't do 10-year tax abatements. You know, you you would be hard-pressed to get, you know, six years. Now you're getting 10, and they're paying absolutely. Then it was like uh, a stared uh, approach where you would pay, you know, no nothing the first year, the second year would pay 20%. It would be based off of. So in other words, when you say tax abatement, I'm just trying to understand. It was like more as a tax phase in then. So you don't pay the full amount that you would or, nor ordinarily be expected to pay. No, sorry. It would take. So if you, the life of the time of the tax abatement says five years. Okay. So first year is 0%, and next year is 20, the next year after that is you know 40 and it just goes up to 100 percent to the last year 100 percent of what you would normally owe so if your tax bill is a hundred dollars first you pay nothing if your second year 20 percent you would pay twenty dollars right that's how that works out and so by the end of five years you're paying the full hundred dollars absolutely and so that en enables a developer to say all right instead of spending if i'm only paying twenty dollars instead of a hundred dollars i could put eighty dollars into my building yeah that's the that's the principle that's the principle that's the thought and that's the idea. I, I know my, my initial reaction to that is, but I don't want to put my words into your mouth. What's your reaction to that? I don't think that has worked out for us. Um, that has always been a tool or an incentive that they call to lure business in. And at this point, the only thing is just a straight up giveaway. You so know, in other just, words, just you're luring in. business in and you're essentially subsidizing those businesses. Oh, I'm not even done. So we give them TIF money, too. 
You got TIF money in oh, South man, Bend? Oh, man, hooking them up, man. I mean, <laughs> so like... Wait a minute. How could you have a TIF money? TIF money is where... It's the same thing as a tax abatement, abatement essentially. You got that right. So folks are getting like tax abatement 10-year and like, you know, several million dollars of TIF money. Seriously, this is like... This is South Bend. This is the development that people talk about that's happening downtown. This is why we're so happy and we're celebrating South Bend Renaissance. That that that's not the real story. That's so you know, we're happy things are happening. So in other words, they've created a tiff in downtown South uh, Bend. It's, a, it's several tiffs in South Bend, and and the, and, and the money that is diverted from is the uh, I said Chicago. I'm so used to saying the Chicago public schools, the South Bend public schools. Oh, they're getting whacked. So there's a shortfall right now, ten million dollars or more, with the school corporation because the tiffs take money away from the schools. That is correct. Yeah, so we won't even detiff. <laughs> yeah. we, you know, we won't even detiff, you know, to make sure that they are satisfied or, 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 or supported. Our kids, this is stuff is like nuts, man. Yeah. I, it, it, it blows your mind. And so then then you have this discussion about how Grace South Bend is doing. No, most of our schools are failing. And not only that, they're talking about closing a few. They already started closing them. And so there's one right now in Chopping Block, you know, within a neighborhood that um, has a very high Hispanic uh, population. It's just like stuff that comes out of the Twilight Zone. So you have all or of Chicago. these. Chicago. Oh, well, yeah, or Chicago. Yeah. You, you have like all of these horror stories. And then you get somebody jump up and say, they're doing a great job. That mayor is really taking us to the promised land. Well, that's not the promised land I want to go to. And so, uh, were these were these the issues that you uh, championed when you ran against him? You opposed him in 2015. Well, we went back at it again. You know, we're talking about tax. Uh, uh, we're talking about making sure tax money is being reduced in the areas that need it. We're talking about housing. We're talking about crime. We're talking about our school corporation. We're talking about the same things again. You know, we haven't left. You know, those original discussions. Have we made some? You know, uh, good good out of those things. Yeah, we made some good things out. Of, but I mean, starting at sub zero and then landing at spot number fifteen is not, you know, that big of an improvement. You know, we're we're still, you know, struggling. Mm -hmm. And so, when did you run against him? Two thousand fifteen. And what was the outcome of that race? Um, I got clobbered. Yeah, uh, I, I got smashed out. Now let me do this again. Go. Uh, here goes the, the the caveat. So there is another article that is produced this past November talking about how many votes haven't been counted because of this, you know, jacked up system of counting absentee ballots or counting ballots all together. And there is like this long history of not counting votes here in St. Joseph County or South Bend, perhaps that we're, that's what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, many of the folks that are on the election board right now are being sued because of their way of handling business. From, this is, uh, so they have this situation going on right now where they're being sued because um, absentee ballots, um, folks who go early vote, it's not clear that um, all ballots have been counted, that if they can't verify a signature, they'll throw it out. It, it's just this very long loss or complaint. That from is, 20, it's left over from the 2015 mayoral election. This is not just 2015. You know, this is a practice in yeah. St. Joe County <laughs> that there are you yeah. know, numerous ballots that are unfairly um, labeled as spoiled. And so they're thrown out when um, on second glance, they may not be unfairly spoiled. Our so so, so you don't like, know who won any of these races. Yeah, most honest. of these ballots get thrown out from black precincts. They get thrown out from everywhere. So it's not just. 
picking on black no nah, i mean mm-hmm. that, that'd be too easy right yeah yeah so it's just ineptitude as opposed to racism uh it's called establishment government you you have like in St. Joe County, you're a Democrat, period. It's yeah. kind of like Chicago in that way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's Democrats um, run it. The last party boss in in, in St. Joe County went to prison um, for forging signatures to get um, Barack Obama on the ballot. Um, his, um, <laughs> and, sorry, and, I didn't and, mean and, to laugh, but that is pathetic. Right. I he, mean, Barack Obama's like the most popular man in the world. Why so did you why would forge you his signature? That? Right. That's so, just lazy. It, well, there you have it. So uh, there are some, there, there are some, oh there are some things there. So he goes to prison, um, Common Cause, which is one of the watchdog advocacy groups, um, in Indiana. Um, they filed suit to um you know just go about understanding what these practices are figuring them out um you guys have voting centers there too now right no we don't have voting centers we um they they went against them okay so uh after your election was over what were you guys cordial with honor did he call you or did you call him on election i I don't even remember i'm sure i didn't as a matter of fact i remember the news station asking me right after the election was called um would I be supporting him, you know, in the um, general election? And I told him absolutely not. And I know that wasn't that didn't go well with the people in the party. But you know, I really felt I felt strongly about the things that were going on. I mean, this guy put together a a, a plan of throwing, uh, tearing down a thousand houses in a thousand days. Who does that? I mean, that's like some mastermind stuff that goes on. Some kid cartoon. That, you know, we got to stop the bad guy because he's trying to tear all the houses down. I mean, this stuff is like, this isn't real time, you know. Instead of thinking of a way to how to build a thousand houses, he thinks of a way how to tear down a thousand houses. It's just really warped. It, it was really warped. And then, you know, then want to have a discussion about the crime. How do you have a discussion about the crime when the crime has already happened? You know, your, 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 your kids' school are closing. There's like several food deserts in a lot of these areas. I mean, the resources are terrible. Right now we have ditches. We don't even have potholes anymore. We just have straight ditches. You know, make sure you dodge them because you're going to tear your front end up. And so we're having these, you know, these reality checks. But somehow, some way, a thousand houses in a thousand days was a really great plan. And, you know, we got rid of poverty. You know, Poverty actually increased. In the black community, is over 40% poverty. How does that happen? I mean, the household median income is like less than 20 grand. Where are they living at and where are they eating at? You, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, who, who, who in this day and time, how can you survive on that type of uh, cash? You know, the joblessness rate, we they parade around that. So all of a sudden, President Trump is terrible, but we're going to use his unemployment rate as a success. So in South Bend, we really gain, you know, on unemployment opportunities, and we're on like a three percent unemployment. And but President Trump is terrible. You can't mix those two. Either he's bad or is he good? You know, and 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 we don't have. So in other words, your point you're making, which is a very good point, I hadn't thought about this. Uh, if you attribute the unemployment rate to the policies of the people in power, then ultimately, uh, if Pete Buttigieg wants to take uh, credit for them, he has to also give credit he should to Donald want to. Trump. You should have to, right? Because that's how that works. He's yeah. not bringing in. He's not going on a plane and going somewhere yeah. to bring an employer in. I've never heard him going over to China or to Mexico or, you know, Colorado, for that matter, to ask anybody to come to South Bend. Well, as a standard policy and practice, for what it's worth, 
uh, Henry, I never give presidents credit for the unemployment uh, numbers. No, I don't think anyone should, to be yeah. honest with you. I, I think that that's like one of those things that's on the list that should never be checked. Because how do you do that, right? So you, you're going to improve the job market by doing what, sir? Yeah. You know, and it's very hard to create a, a, a very good conversation, yeah. detailed conversation that can support that you actually brought jobs in. Yeah. Or yeah. did you create a job? Yeah. They said create it. Yeah, no. And then, like, when do you, like, when does it start? So, should we be giving Trump credit now, or should we give it Obama credit? Uh, you follow what I'm saying? Well, it's I like, mean, so if you do it, then you give Obama credit because yeah. it's very hard to like come in and like create a million jobs the first time you sit in the seat of the president. Yeah, that's that's nuts because uh, it's not like it just started when you got there. Yeah, and then so conversely, if a Democrat beats Trump in 2020 and the economy turns, is it that president's, Democratic president's Right. I hear what you're saying. Uh, All right, so when did you first become aware that Pete Buttigieg, the man you ran against, (laughs) Stacey loves it when I say his name, when uh, Mayor Pete, uh, the man you ran against for uh, mayor back in 2015 was becoming this national figure. What was my feeling? No, when when did you first become aware of this? Like, around when? And and what was your feeling? But the two of them. I don't understand the question. I really don't. Yeah, it was a hard one. Yeah, that's Uh, hard. I I was having my Robert Mueller moment where I couldn't speak a straight sentence. Yeah, Uh, no, you're fine. Go ahead. Because I got a good answer for you. Go ahead. Like, one day, did you open up the newspaper and go... Good God, they're writing about Buttigieg. How did, <laughs> how did that happen? So that's why I couldn't answer the question because I couldn't. I mean, because I'm there. I'm sitting there looking at it, and yeah. I just couldn't understand how does that happen. You know, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You have a city of a tad bit over 100,000 or just under, right? Uh-huh. How do you... <laughs> How could you go from the guy that ran against me for mayor to be the guy running against Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren? Yeah, what, what, or, ha- like, what, what happened in between? Where did I miss? Did I get knocked out for like three years and then I woke up and all of a sudden all these... I, I don't know. I don't get it. Well, and that... That's why Democrats are in trouble right now. It's because we're making up things instead of like focusing on those who have a plan see Elizabeth Warren and trying to erect some sort of like identity politic person who you don't think has a real record right so the thing that I think you know gives the DNC an opportunity to put Pete up is because of exactly what you were saying about South Bend where's South Bend they got black people in South Bend who lives in South Bend what happens in South Bend you mean they have TIFF in South Bend it's like it's this brand new world for most people who won't dig deep or do you know granular investigation so they won't think through um, what it looks like to tear down a thousand homes and communities of color or you know low income communities they won't think about what it looks like to have a police force that, you know, basically runs unchecked and has had, you know, negative impacts on communities of color because who would know anything about South Bend? So you get someone kind of in a Manchurian candidate, you know, space that doesn't have an identifiable record and you make him into what you need him to be in order to, you know, promote a particular type of platform or agenda. And I think that's what you get from him. But it also ignores what Americans are asking for in this moment. Um, Americans in rural America or in urban America, they're asking for investment. They're asking for policies that respect 
their humanity. They're asking for policies that lift them out of poverty, um, that allow their children to live lives better than which they're living in. And we're not getting that unless you're looking at um, Warren or you're looking at Sanders. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I can make an argument for a few other the candidates running, but I'll, I'll hold off on that one. Uh, but uh, I, I think the point that your uh, big sister is making is a very hey, man, you know, I agree. <laughs> the governor, I don't even get into it, man. That's why I just started shaking my head, man. No, but just, she's good, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, she goes for it, man. So whatever I just said, it was just like really bad. Yeah, and now it's, yeah. Ditto. It's yeah. like the movie. What was the movie? Uh, Y'all suck. Just now, move on no, to the next question. No, what was the movie where... Uh, uh, my cousin Vinny. You ever seen my cousin Vinny? <laughs> uh, where the guy goes, the, the all of a sudden Joe Pesci gets up and he's brilliant in court after ever being, and the other guy goes, whatever he said. That right. sounds yeah, good. That's how that works out, man. Uh, so uh, my cousin Vinny, what a great movie. All right, so you you, re, you open up the newspaper one day and you suddenly see that this this mayor that you have had disagreements with that you ran against has become this media celebrity. Sure. Uh, he is suddenly very popular on national television shows. He is raising money like crazy. He has one hell of like a media a team. He has a media team. Do you yeah. know the same the characters on his media team from South Bend? No, I don't know any of them. I don't think any of them are from South Bend, to be honest with you. He has one of Tony Preckwinkle's uh, guys who worked on the campaign, um, one of her media guys, and then some. Well, but she, they, I'm sure that gentleman did a bang-up job for Tony Stacy, hey. <laughs> uh, Stacey, I'm surprised hey. you even mentioned Tony Preckwinkle, Stacey. Hey, she's still the Cook County Board President. That is correct. Um, so, uh, anyway, so you see this in there. Did you ever feel like, hey, you want to like scream out loud, ah, this is not the guy you think he is? Well, no, I, 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 you can't, right? So, this is the problem, okay? So, Henry runs for office, runs mm-hmm. for mayor. Um, we have a debate. I beat him up pretty good. But that doesn't matter. Does it get covered by the media? No, not really. They say that that, you know, wasn't too many punches thrown. It wasn't a bloodbath. You know, both of them did well. Mm-hmm. This is how they, you know, color it. Then, you know, we get into another discussion about Henry and things that Henry's done. So we're going to figure out how we can make sure every time you Google Henry Davis Jr. South Bend or whatever that is, everything that we said that he done bad or did bad, front page articles, mm-hmm. that's the only thing you're going to get. You're not going to get new playgrounds. You're not going to get advocacy. You're not going to get anything that says anything about what I really did. You're going to get, you know, some conversation about what he may have done or what has happened. You don't even get the fact that Henry Davis was even pulled over by the South Bend uh, Police Department after a council meeting at gunpoint. My father and I were on our way home. Seriously, a fugitive stopped as if they didn't know who I was. I voted against the police budget, and I'm on my way home. On my way home mm-hmm. to my wife and my son, and we are pulled over at gunpoint, literally, you know, hands behind your head, walk backwards uh, down Western Avenue, which is a, a big, a big like corridor. Western Avenue here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you, you have these discussions and it's just like, you know, Wait, about what did they pull you over for? I still don't know. We pay over like five thousand dollars to get out of that. In, Seriously. In legal fees. Yeah. Yeah. Did they charge you with something? A dollar. They charged me a dollar. No, they didn't charge me anything. I, I don't know. And then I think what they came down to was like a uh, tail light was out, mm. uh, a license plate light was out. Just there was so, a some your license plates are supposed to have lights that make it visible at night, and those lights, not all of them were visible. Some of them were visible, mm-hmm. and some of them were dim. 
or out. Wow, and they pulled you over for that? No, they were told to pull me over for that. And, you know, because when I got in the car, once I was, uh, uh, you know, officially arrested, you know, I get in the car with the police officer, and I knew who he was. He so knew you were what. a councilman at the time? Yeah, absolutely. I had my, suit, I had my full pl- suit on, trench coat, or whatever it was. It was and I you're was, handcuffed? Absolutely. And what, what is your wife, what did they do with your wife and your child? Well, they weren't with me. I was coming home from the meeting. I got you. So they were at home waiting on me to come get home. I see. Yeah, so it, it's just like real nutty stuff. And so he releases a statement to my Mayor Pete, you know, claiming that the officers did what they were supposed to have done. Now, you have a sitting councilman being pulled over at gunpoint, fugitive stop, may I add, uh, around the corner from his house uh, to suggest that he's done something wrong. And what they come up with is that his license plate light was out. True story. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I got more. <laughs> go ahead. That's enough. But that's enough. You know, oh, okay. I got more. Yeah, I, 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 go I, ahead. I, I, I got more. But, I yeah. mean, those are things that go on in that town of South Bend. I mean, yeah. I love it. Don't get me wrong. That's home. But it's some things that are really challenging, yeah. you know. And so that is a part of the leadership. It's like those sorts of things. If you don't conform, we're going to make you now, conform. Now, have you ever have you ever had a conversation with him? I mean, he's your colleague. He's the person you ran against. I've tried. I've tried. I've um, even asked him several times on the council floor, looking directly at you as you're looking at me, you know, can I please help you out on this particular um, subject matter or this particular bill or, or this project? I would like to help you out. Will you please give me a call? Can we get together to make it happen? But no, I'm talking about in terms of getting pulled over and arrested. Do you ever have a conversation? With I, him? I couldn't have a conversation with them at that point in time. It took me some uh, time, a certain period of time to, to come through. Off what of year that. Was it? To work the anger out. Yeah, yeah that, that was happen? nuts. That was, I don't remember. It was 2013. Oh, it was before you ran for mayor. Yeah. Okay. Were you, and you were, but you were a councilman. Yes, sir. And what was he? Was Buttigieg? He was the, the mayor? mayor at that point in time. Yeah. And he didn't even come to the aid of his well, colleague. Well, he didn't come to the aid of the first black police chief. Let's talk there. about that. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Daryl Boykins. <laughs> yeah, is his name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was a perfect segue. Not only is she the governor, she should be handling the yeah, radio she's show. She's killing your show, man. She's killing your <laughs> she's show. She's like, all right, bet enough of that. Yeah. Let's talk about the police chief. I got places to go. Uh, so. No, actually, it's kind. Of, it, it still makes me uncomfortable. Uh, talking about Boykins? Not nah, like talking about that police stop because I can remember um, waking up the next morning looking at the newspaper and I was like, no one called me. So I'm just like out to lunch reading it in the newspaper because my dad ends up trying to shield my brother from any harm and they arrest my father. So my father's arrested. My brother, who's the councilman, is in handcuffs. So when I like Wait, listening, they arrested to this again, the father. Yeah, I thought yeah. we were segwaying, segwaying. Sorry, else, yeah, that's I, what I said. But yeah. the segway. Wait, they put yeah. the the brother, the son, and the father in jail. No, I didn't. Put, I didn't get to go that night. He he went home. They let me go home. And the father went to jail. Well, because why did they arrest well, your father? What was the what happened? I, look, we don't know. I'm telling you, we just don't know. I can't answer that question. I'm serious. I can't answer that the question. The charge, what you're asking for, yes. disorderly conduct. Did he go to the station to complain yeah, about? He, no. Oh, we asked for an internal affairs investigation. Don't get me wrong. They came back and said there was no wrongdoing. Wait, time out. Did your father go to the station? No, my dad was with my brother. He was um, he in was a separate car. He He's, was in a separate ah, car. I see. Okay. Telling him home. He was like, drive. they were both, you. they live in the same neighborhood effectively. But, um, and so when he saw what was happening, of course. He got out of the car. Yep. And they called him for, uh, right. wow. 
disorderly. Is your conduct. father a politician in any way? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I guess not. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, wow. And so the mayor of uh, South Bend never said nothing. What happened? No, he never he had the re- He never called you up to do what I'm doing now, asking what happened. No, I think he thought it was a game. I think he kind of like probably laughed about that. But that was like, like, what was he going to say? This is what's profoundly apparent in how he has presented outwardly on issues that are impacting black people as it relates to the police, as it relates to housing, as it relates to universal anything. Like, this is the tone deafness that he's been working through, which is why he was eating chicken um, <laughs> in, in Harlem with Al Sharpton, yeah. why, why he's making all of these house calls in South Carolina, because there is a profound disconnection between the reality that most black people, regardless of education, regardless of profession, regardless of socioeconomic status, experience in America that there's no concept and if you don't have a concept and you're trying to govern an entire country with black people in it with immigrants on the border you know stuffed into cages and you have no connection to that issue and would figure out a smart way to say nothing then other people are going to sense that especially if you have candidates who are speaking very directly and specifically to those issues you have elizabeth warren said i read tanahisi coates and then i called him because i wanted to understand more about this concept of reparations and how it can be policy that we pass that's curiosity at least that's just the base level. And so in what you're drawing out, Ben, is that there's zero curiosity. Yeah. Like you got a councilman who was pulled over by police. In at gunpoint. At gunpoint. In the middle of everything happening with Black Lives Matter, police across the country, and there's no curiosity? Yeah. Come on. Well, it's a little bit before Black Lives Matter, but point's well taken. No, and no, it's a little bit before. Ferguson. Ferguson. Yeah. It's not a little bit before police violence against black people. No, that is absolutely true. But it was right yeah. And that's what I should say. Erupted. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, was uh, right, it was after the Civil Rights Movement, though. Yeah, no, that's right. <laughs> yeah, and the Civil War happened before uh, it, too. Yeah, right. You know, so. <laughs> yeah. And we were done with Reconstruction and all those things. Yeah, man. All right, now let me ask you this. In your humble opinion, is Mayor Peter racist? Define racism for me. Because I'm going to take you somewhere. Seriously, and that's a good question. Uh, does he have uh, Does he have a hostility toward black people uh, that would not? I, I don't think that he has to prove that he has a hostility towards black people or any other group of people. I think this is America. I think that this is a, this is a white man-driven society. Mm-hmm. I think that he's allowed to be and behave that way. I think he's allowed to be unaccountable for the decisions that he made. I think he's allowed to be the person that he is. So the system itself is racist. He doesn't have to necessarily be racist. He doesn't have to be a bigot and, and call you know black people the N-word or anything else outside of that. He's just allowed to not have to deal with those things because of his prestige and his promise in the land of the free and the home of the brave America. Mm. I can't behave like that. He can't. I can't. I can't ignore the people that I live around. I can't ignore the living conditions. I can't ignore the murder. I can't can't ignore those things. Mm -hmm. He can't because guess what? When it happens, he can just say, hey, I never lived around black people, so I don't know how black people react or act. Mm -hmm. Please teach me. 
I can't. I don't get that get out of jail free card. He does mm-hmm. because it's America. Trump gets that get out of jail free card because it's America. And so many well, others. Well, it's called have. white privilege, is what you're saying. Like, just name it. I didn't get there yet. But well, she, <laughs> she she got tired of listening yeah, to you talk. Yeah, yeah, but you, you get. I mean, look, and that's another thing that you don't get to do. <clears throat> You don't get to call it like it is. Ben said very clearly, would you call them racist? And you're trying to figure out a nice way to say, um, define racism, define racist. Instead of saying, look, he has benefited from white supremacy where you do not have to be competent, that you do not have to address the needs of all of the people that you've been elected to govern, and that that privilege is reserved typically in America for white men that you don't have to be accountable. You don't have to show your work and that these are things that black men get to dance around when they're trying to answer yeah. a question. Well, here, here, here's, I wasn't dancing around and I was just trying to, no, he was, know, he was yeah, forcing diplomatic. me. No, but, but he were also tr- forcing me out. I, I didn't yeah. have any problem. I, I was trying to take you out, trying to take you somewhere. No, but it's good that you did that, but uh, I will now get more specific. All right. Yeah, let's go. So when I hear this story, I, it to me, it's a personal level. Sure. Okay. So you're two years apart. Uh, I can't remember who's older, who's younger now. Uh, he, you're two years older than him. You both grew up in South Bend. Okay. He went to the Catholic school. Uh, went you to went public. to public school. Yeah. Uh, your colleagues in the, uh, the the political arena there. You were just the uh, I want to say victim of a very bizarre incident involving the police officers. In South Bend, as a human being, my instinct would be to call you up and say, what happened? Yeah. My instinct would be. Because you care. Because you care. You have to care in order to do something like that. So then you get to the issue. He doesn't care. So that's what I mean. Does he not care because he just. What did, what did Kanye West say about George Bush? <laughs> <laughs> that he doesn't care about black people. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what he said. He doesn't care about black people. You don't exist. Well, if you're invisible. We're invisible, usually, until we you know, get real loud and then we become angry. That's the headline, you know, and dude's tripping. No, I'm not tripping. I just want the same thing you want. <laughs> I want the same access that you have. I want to use my skill set so I can benefit my family and my community. I should be allowed that. That's what they said America was, a land of the opportunity. Or were they just trying to get an arrest against you so it would uh, damage your reputation and you'd be less of a threat to him politically? Um, That could be it as well. I mean, but you don't do that. that that's not fun and games, right? You got guns pointed at my head and my father's head as well. Any, at any slip, any moment, something could have gone really, really wrong, you know? And then the, here we come with some more headlines that it said that he had a gun or, you know, he attacked one of the officers. It would be their story versus mine. And I really couldn't see what was going on back there because there was several cars. What I did is that I didn't pull over immediately. I drove my hazards on, got in the right lane, slowed down until I got to a well-lit area. They were trying to pull me over in a very dark area. I've seen that story before. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> I went down a little bit further down the road and pulled over in front of a, a commercial development. It was McDonald's, Mon John stuff. It was several restaurants in the row. And so that's where I pulled over at a lot of people, you know, a lot of lights. So you know, we can be clear about what's going on here right now. 
it was it, it was pretty nuts, man. It was some civil rights movement type stuff, you know, I'm down in Mississippi, hanging out, registering people to vote, and somehow, some way, you know, these cars just show up with these dogs and pitchforks and you know torches, mm-hmm. you know, trying to figure out what we were doing in Mississippi. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, by the way, did. Uh uh, uh, Reverend Al Sharpton contact you. <laughs> I mean, he had lunch with the guy. At, I mean, I, I, I wish he would have, but you know, he's not going to touch anything like that. You know, only if it makes him look good or the money is going to flow through. You know, then this is the crime about all of these things. People don't get attracted to these sorts of situations that may be um, not so unique to me, but is unique to me unless they are getting some benefit out of it. And the benefit should be that people are being treated fairly across the board, regardless of what yeah. color they are, right? That's not what it is, is that, you know, is Henry running for governor? Is Henry running for, you know, U.S. Senate? How can Henry further my career, you know, regardless of what just took place and what happened? And we see that a whole lot. There was a guy that was in South Bend that um, the, the, the police officer, the police force forced themselves into his house and, um, jumped on top of him he was in the bed sleep he was 17 years old tased him beat him up real good and come to find out he wasn't even the person they were looking for mm-hmm. the person they were looking for was standing outside across the street watching them going to his uh, parents home um the restitution was one dollar one dollar yeah. yeah man that, yeah one dollar you know and that's what his worth are, uh that's what his rights are worth one dollar no comment from mayor pete no, nothing you know i mean this stuff has actually happened in real time you will believe and think that this is 1940s mississippi money mississippi seriously people are like being treated that unfairly and they used our police department as some sort of like i you know i don't even know what word to use but they use them in such a way that is very it's violent it's very violent yeah, and that's your police force. Those are the people that are supposed to be there to serve and protect you. And yet, the the police chief of South Bend had was a black guy. Yeah, right. man, that was left over from the last administration. Uh-huh. That wasn't necessarily um, Pete Buttigieg's cho- uh, choice. It wasn't his top pick. That's the reason why you have this stuff going on right now. The Daryl Boykins was his. Name. It wasn't his. Yeah, yeah. And what happened to him? Um, <laughs> he he, he uh, the mayor put a case on him. What does that mean? He, he put put a case on him. He he got him. A crime was put on him. He said that he was doing something illegal, federal crime. He said that he was doing illegal wiretapping. Put a case on him. Mm-hmm. He made sure that he looked like somebody that was some sort of like really bad villain that was doing something really erroneously within the uh, police department. Dealing with and this is some omission on their end. Dealing with officers that have been called racists have been called you know less than police officers who have not ever denied any of those charges Mm -hmm. or those type of opinions that have been thrown at them they have actually literally just said you need to pay me because you did something legal uh, towards me they've never denied anything that has been said about these tapes that are out there never not once it's been over two million dollars spent they have gotten a, uh, a chance to spend over $500,000 amongst themselves to because they supposedly won the case. The case is still ongoing. I was, I'm being sued still right now for writing a letter to the Department of Justice asking them to come in to do a third-party investigation because of their behavior. How can anyone respect or even trust what's going on there when you have officers who don't deny the fact that these tapes have this sort of content on them this is not even what i said they took a interview with the south bend tribune 
and the letter was in line with what was quoted in the Tribune, and that's what was sent to the Department of Justice. They had the audacity to go to sue me for writing what they who, talked about. Who's they that sued you? There's like four or five. It's like four officers that are um, supposedly recorded on these lines, uh, allegedly recorded on these lines. Part of the lawsuit again. And there's part of the lawsuit. Yes, yeah. it's, it's some really, really like crazy stuff. I mean, where did it? Is this America? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's uh, it's interesting that Pete, this is the the mayor of this town is at one point was a, I don't know where he is now in the polls, uh, and uh, so this is why you're pretty perplexed when you see him. Yeah, it's just uh, it, you don't. I, I really can't formulate a real opinion. I don't. It's nothing. Angry, it's just how does that happen? You know, it's just like seeing something that is like really death defined in front of you. You know, that just takes off in front of you, and you're just like trying to figure out where did that come from. And that's where I'm at. I'm stuck. I really can't like label it. I can't give you a strong opinion. It's just like, what's going on here? And so you almost want to believe that there's some type of like plot somewhere, like deep rooted plot. There's like some type of like systematic, <laughs> like, you know, idea that we need to make sure that this guy becomes president because we got to do this type of job to America. You are, you're almost at the point of thinking of some type of conspiracy theory that is taking place in South Bend for uh, the United States of America. Mm. Because it's just, it's just insane. I mean, you, okay, you plant a seed, you water the seed, you, you water the ground, you water the ground, you make sure it has exposed the sunlight, right? To make sure that that thing grows, right? Because that's what you're looking for. This thing was just like slammed on top of us, mm -hmm. and it's just like it's a good thing. You, you this know, thing being the yeah, campaign, yeah, the it's like of, it's uh, like how did that even page. like? Where was the articulation? Where was the, what took place? You know, from the start to right now. Yeah, you know, we are suffering from like over a three hundred million dollar debt within the city. Um, people are leaving, obviously, because you can't smash that many houses down without you knowing people are leaving. High crime rate. I mean, our per capita high cri uh, crime rate is higher than Chicago's per 100,000. You know, it's it's just, like, insane. How does – so, look, I want to run for president next if I can get that type of team <laughs> to put me out there yeah. because, of you know, you don't need a record or something. Yeah. You clearly don't need a record, right? Yeah. You don't need a record of success. You don't need anything. Uh -huh. Because uh, apparently you, all you need is a good team to say that you're a great guy. And we've seen that. You know, we can talk about basketball, you know, with people who have all the potential and then they get in the league and they're like a real big bust. Well, because they could never play. Well, okay, let me just put it to you. So when you, you raise the basketball analogy, and, and I'm usually prohibitive from doing any sports, uh, and, but uh, generally uh, greatness in basketball has a, a measurement. How many points you score, how many rebounds you score. See, I'm hitting 12 out of 14 last night or whatever he did. And uh, what you're talking about is something different. It's, it's uh, not nearly uh, as measurable. Well, I'm just saying there's no fruit there. You know, usually you have to come in with some sort of like resume. You yeah. have to come in with something, you know, and, and it, there's I don't think that there's that much there unless I'm missing the idea that running for president doesn't mean that much. Uh, it, no, I think the narrative is all I think that they created a very good narrative and they're running with it. All right. Now, uh, I think we've broken all records for uh, uh, time. No, a Monday. No, we haven't broken the record. Should we go to break the record? <laughs> Dennis is saying no. Uh, before I let you go, I want to know 
Is there a candidate that you uh, are impressed uh, by when you think about the kind of struggles that uh, South Bend is facing? Is there a Democratic candidate that you're listening to and hearing that says, hmm, this person, this man, this woman may actually be beneficial to the South Bends of the world? Well, I I, I stomped really hard for Bernie last time around, uh, knocked on a lot of doors for him. Um, I'm still there with Bernie to a certain level. I like Elizabeth Warren as well. I, I enjoy Look, I got all kinds of college loans. <laughs> so come arrest me, Elizabeth. <laughs> I need your help. But seriously, you have two people that are interested in talking about the working class of America. Yeah. They're talking about those who are looking for another opportunity to build, you know, obviously a family and work and maintain a family and grow a family in America. And the promise of the American dream happening for, for you and whomever else. You don't have that discussion with all the other folks, man. They just out there, you know, I don't know what they're talking about, and to be honest with you. It's, it, like I said, it's just insane. I can get in the conversation, I go back and forth with you about the policies, the ideas, the thought patterns. I, I can do that, but it will just boil down to nothing with most of these people because they're not saying anything. You know, people, America needs a plan, right? Infrastructure is like rotting all across the country, right? We, new sewers, new roads, street lights, whatever that is. We need a new America. No one's talking about that. No one's talking about real good jobs, meaning people that have money to pay their mortgage. No one's talking about that, right? They're, they're talking about Iraq. What's going on in Iraq? I'm sure those people need the same thing, you know? And so we're not even talking about our educational system, right? We're, we're talking about ch- charter schools. That's what we're talking about. You know, and those things are swallowing and sucking all the life out of our public schools. Well, the design of America was wrapped around public schools, even our our neighborhoods. It was wrapped around that the life of our neighborhoods wrapped around it, which will ultimately be your cities, your municipalities. And so we're like ignoring everything that makes sense about what America has been about, what it used to be about. And we're talking about, I don't know what we're talking about. I don't know what they're talking about. I know what I'm talking about, but <laughs> I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. I'm, I'm lost. Well, Elizabeth has a plan. She's talking about a lot. She's talking about your student loans. She's talking about. Yeah, but about I named her. I said that she was one of my picks. It would. You it, talking about everyone else? Who? No. He's mainly. I think he's talking about Mayor Pete. <laughs> no, uh, I ain't talking about Mayor Pete, man. I was just talking about most people. Most. I mean, I mean most of the candidates. Well, I mean, other candidates is like 20 plus. There's 23. Here's yeah. my cheat sheet if you want to. Yeah, it's That's like 20. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, That's what is awesome. that? What is that? What, my cheat sheet? Well, no, I mean, no, it looks a, like a book, Ben. Yeah. It's, just, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a cheat sheet. It's cheat sheets. Yeah. No. Well, that's my cheat sheet pile. Okay. Now, it's so high, I can't find anything when I need it. But what, I hear your point. But, but what's so scary about yeah. that? What is so awesomely scary about that? It looks like they are working to make sure Trump gets another term. Wow. That's what that looks like to me because there's no plan in place. <laughs> you know, you usually have a succession plan. You will usually have some very strong candidates coming in. You even have people that will be scared to stick their toes into the water. No, everybody thinks it's a free for all. Let's go for it. And so that makes that, that, that turns so many people off because you have so many people in the microphone. And guess what happens? The guy with the bass just walks on through and he's happy. Well, I could tell you this. If this Democratic primary is like the Republican primary went down in 2015, and it sure looks like that, then the person with the loudest voice will emerge from this confusing chaos. Now, who would that be? That would be Bernie Sanders. You think so? Bernie I Sanders so. has the loudest voice. I hope so. All these, he said, Dennis can do his Bernie Sanders invitation if I asked him to. Well, do it, Dennis. Let's go for it, man. Okay. Wave uh, your hands, though. You got to oh, make yeah, sure you're waiting. It's like he's trying to get a waiter's yeah. attention. <laughs> 
Ten percent, twenty-seven dollars. Yeah, that's, not, that's not that great. So that's um, no. Uh, he's always talking about ten percent. Ten percent. Yeah. So if you ask me, uh, I watched this in re- uh, with twenty fifteen. The 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 same things that you were saying about the uh, the Democrats in twenty nineteen were being said about the Republicans in twenty fifteen. There were too many of them. They were all bizarre. They were. They no, were, they had like and, ten. And, these folks. I mean, we're. Looming close to thirty now at this point, man. This is like in real. They had about fifteen. Didn't no, they? that's right. They, they had, and and the mainstream Republicans at the time were saying, "I'm just pointing this out." Yeah, this clown who's getting all the attention, Donald John Trump, is going to uh, make it impossible for us to take the White House because we need a more credible mainstream style candidate to run. We need a more like a Jeb Bush or a Mario Rubio. I remember this stuff. You know, Trump played really good on the folks, um, racist America's uh, 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 thoughts. So the only way that you get a Trump is that because you had a Barack Obama. You can't have a Trump without a Barack Obama before. So Barack Obama was too good. He was well liked, and that's not America. We got to make sure that they don't un- they understand where they live at. So they went and had to go find the most extreme example of what they felt like needed to be said. Money, Mississippi, uh, civil rights. Seriously, mm-hmm. and that's who they went and they went for because we have to make sure that the Confederacy is still in play. And that's how I see that. That's how I view that. He doesn't exist. Trump doesn't exist if you don't have a Barack Obama. If you have someone else before, uh, uh, someone uh, probably of non-color when Barack was president, you don't get a Trump. I actually agree with him. Stacey, you disagree. No, I don't disagree. I, I actually think, though, that we are way too benevolent to Obama. No, I didn't say he was a great president. I just said that you don't get on surface. Don't well, folks don't know who. Nah, but yeah. what I'm saying, not not to that point, is that people were actually still hurting eight years after Obama, mm-hmm. and that there is an obvious element of um, racism, et cetera, et cetera. And then there is also, and this is the part that I think it's under explained is that people are still without in 2019. The same people who were without after Obama's eight years Mm -hmm. in the White House. And that we actually have to begin to address those who don't have and and, and what those policies are. Um, Universal health care, free college, things that actually make a difference. How do you open up the job force to those who don't have a college mm-hmm. degree? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and what I'm saying is that uh, if, if the Democrats offer something really concrete and specific uh, that would give reason, people a reason uh, to so, vote against right, Donald Trump, right. people will vote against Absolutely. Donald Trump. But I do not think narratives of the kind that are being advanced by the mayor of... Uh, of uh, South Bend, Indiana, constitute something of substance and real uh, I, to voters. That's I think that, I think. I, but I think this is way bigger than him. You know, I think that we're talking about America. We're talking about American capitalism. Politics. Yeah, we're talking about something way beyond him. He's just playing a role. He's in the lane. He's running his part, right? I think it's bigger than that. I think that he figured out how to use 
you know what he has you know Rose Scholar he's even used his sexuality and him being married to him and, you know he's used those things mm-hmm. to you know to create a narrative to create about himself, himself right uh, which and, is yeah yeah and but, so I don't believe ultimately that is the winning. Whatever you feel about Pete Buttigieg, Mayor Pete, I, <laughs> I Dennis always laughs when I do that name. I do not believe a narrative will get you elected president of the United States. A narrative. Who said he's for, running for president? Oh, that I'll tell you what. Right. They so, got some skeptical people down in South Bend, Indiana. No, it's not. So, skeptical. what do you think his next move is? I think maybe a vice president or a high cabinet position. Uh, I think he understands that he can't probably be elected uh, president. It's it's too soon, mm-hmm. right? Because at one point in time, look, you in mm-hmm. in order to be elected anything, you had to be you know Something. stable, right? You <laughs> had to be you know uh, married. You had to be have children. Yeah. You had to have these things that we prided ourselves mm-hmm. on in America. Not black. Well, here we go with that. And so, <laughs> <laughs> and so, and, and but that's the truth, right? And so, you you these boxes you had to check. Now all of a sudden, it's kind of like I can be a reality show. Uh, superstar, I, I, I can, you know, yeah. you know, I, I, I had all A's. No, but you have to give people something. And I talk about this all the time with Dennis. Donald Trump gave Americans That's something. Right. He said, I'm going to give you a wall. That's right. I would, literally, the most it, concrete it, thing you can give somebody, it. and he hasn't delivered on it, I might add. He can't. But he can't. But he said he was going to get you a wall. Yeah. Okay, he gave you, and so that my not hope and change. My, my yes, not hope and change. My plea to the Democrats, which I'm sure they'll ignore because they usually ignore everything I, I the advice I give them, offer Americans something. Yeah. Don't just tell them you were a Rhodes Scholar and you were in the Navy or wherever you were, and you know you I learned you built the things with the TIFFs. <laughs> offer them some healthcare. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Offer um, that. That's my view of it, uh, Henry. I, that's how I view it. The next all, you're gonna beat Trump. You're gonna beat him. You got to beat him by giving people a real thing. Yeah, to hold something. On to. A, yeah, and healthcare is a, a, healthcare is a huge thing. It's huge. Yeah. All right, we've run out of time. I think we broke the record, D. <laughs> the record is officially the record broken. is officially broken. <laughs> it's been broken. Yeah. Well, it took two. Okay, I had to bring in someone from South Bend <laughs> to beat the Stacey Davis Gates record. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I'm still here. Uh, so she's still here. I take credit for that. <laughs> so technically, it's like a relay she... <laughs> race. <laughs> Very good, Henry. I, now that I got your uh, your phone number in my phone, I'm going to bring you back all the time. Talk politics. Oh, and get I... ready for a bunch of basketball texts. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, what did you think Get about ready. that last night? Oh, I loved it. L-O-V-E. Why? D- because I cannot stand C-A-N apostrophe T stand the Golden State Warriors. Why? why? Very good question. Why? <laughs> I'll tell you why. And I admit it. It's all hate. <laughs> I admit it. I'm not trying to make it something other than what it is. Take a chill pill, man. <laughs> chill pill, dude. Come on. Hey, man. I live and breathe the Chicago Bulls. Sure. The Chicago Bulls are my team. I've been rooting for the Chicago Bulls since the day but they Mike, were created. But Hold Mike, on. Mike's Hold not on. there anymore, man. Oh, wait, wait, wait. My beloved Chicago Bulls in 1996 
Set a record. Yeah. 72 wins, 10 losses. All right? And a championship. I okay. And a championship. You were 17 years old. I watched, now, I watched, right? I watched every okay. game. I watched them all, too. And they would have won 73, except they got a game stolen from them in Indiana against the Pacers <laughs> when Hugh Hollins made another bad call. All right? And so they should have won 73. Now, I'm like, Golden State, you can win your championship. Just don't, don't break, break the, the Bulls record. record. They broke the record. They were supposed like, to. What did you? What? They were supposed to. That was a, the, supposed to. Yeah, that's part of competing, man. They had to, man. Okay, but then what? Then, then they, but they lost the championship. Okay, Simon, maybe they're supposed to. That doesn't mean I got to like them. No. Okay? As <laughs> soon as they broke that record, I'm through with you. And they're like, oh, we're better than the Bulls. No. We're and oh, then what they do? No. They went out. Okay, and they could not beat LeBron and the and the Cleveland Cavaliers, nope. and Kyrie Irving. No, nope. and so what? Seventy three and nine without a championship. Uh, uh. Yeah. So I'll take. You sound like Scotty Pippen. You know what? <laughs> Seventy two and ten has a better ring to it than seventy three and nine. This guy's got a million of them. <laughs> Get it? Seventy two and ten Absolutely. has a better ring to it. I guess I think about that. Best. So you know what, Warriors? Ever since then, it's like uh-uh. I root for whoever's on the court playing the Warriors. And I've rooted for some terrible teams as a result. The New Orleans Pelicans with Anthony Davis. The Portland Trailblazers probably haven't figured out that you break a press by passing against the press. You don't dribble into the press like Davian Lillard trying to dribble through two defenders. You know what I'm saying is true. All right? So finally last night, Kawhi Leonard. The yeah. press came at him. He didn't try to dribble through the press. He passed the ball. Bounce and they passes. moved up. They moved it. Bounce point guard over there. <laughs> and guess what? Their guys hit the open shot. And they won. And they won. Hey, and now for, Steve Kerr's like, oh, what do I do next? Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, uh-huh. Toronto played very well. And Golden State was still in the game every second. They were still in the game. That's what I think we should look at. Yeah, they won, but look at the level of play. That was the best Toronto could do last night. The best. Now, I want to see when Golden State is playing their best and Toronto is playing their best well, and see who uh, wins. Okay, let me put say this to that. If it's a great series, it's going to go seven. For sure. If it's well, a great it series, it's going to go seven. So and some games. Here's my conspiracy. Go. It's got to go seven. It's Toronto and Golden State. They got paid their bills. My union's got contracts. So like it's really, got to go seven. They got to pay the bills. <laughs> it's not, it's not a large urban market. Listen, yeah, you know, here's the thing. Look at, I hope it goes seven because I hate it when the basketball season is over. It's terrible. I just, you, you try to watch the summer league sometimes, and it I, just uh, what do you mean? I watch the summer league every but year. But it doesn't work though. It's you not know, the same. If I'm like the guy, I'm I'm like hooked on aspirins, so I'm like squeezing the cotton to get all the stuff out of it. I watch the summer leagues. I watch it when they go into the free agents. I watch the draft, and then like August is brutal on me. Zion Wilson. Why did you have to mention that name to me? Because what we're not think? getting them. What you think about them? I, you know, I really don't follow college ball. Be honest with you, I do not follow college ball. So Dennis tells me he's really great. So you know, he follows the game, the college game. He's a beast. Yeah, yeah but I, uh, you know, we'll see. You know, I see a lot of guy. Oh, this one, that one. You know, college. <laughs> you one have year. To watch college, man. You have to watch it. Why? Because that's what sets up the NBA. Yeah. I don't know. I, go, I, I watch high school, and then I'll watch, like, the Final Four, and then I, I watch pro. You know what I'm saying? I don't – they don't pay them. 
They should. I mean, that's a totally exploit these the athletes. The coaches get all the money. I got a lot of it. That's a whole other. We'll bring you back and talk no, about it. No, it's not a whole other. It's the same conversation we just had. It's capitalism, <laughs> man. You yeah. know, make as much money as you can off the backs of people that can't, you know, do anything for themselves. Yeah, no, I'm uh, so, you know, I, 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 I hope Zion Williamson is good. You know, I love Anthony Davis. He's from Chicago, although he went to a, a charter school. Uh, Perspectives. Yes, he did. But I think he really? unionized him, I, I don't you? Did you guys unionize no, him? I don't. No, no, I don't have Yeah, you didn't know he went there. Oh, yeah, he's from Chicago. Mm-hmm. He was a skinny guy. One of the few charters that actually have a, a, a program. You know, many of the charters don't have a sports program. Really? I think Chicago could do itself a favor by figuring out, Chicago Public Schools, figuring out how to have a very thorough, like, elementary school to high school feeder system. I actually think that that would help to stabilize school environments. Wow. Increase enrollment. I never heard you on this subject before. Yeah, no, I have a real big, a huge theory about the underuse of athletics in Chicago Public Schools. Um, I do think that athletics play a very um, important role in um, schools and that we do not take advantage of them at the elementary school level to keep kids involved in school and get them to like aspire to something in high school. We just don't do a good job with that in um, Chicago. And that's I think that's an issue. If you look at Phillips High School. Um, and what they've done with football. They've used the AUSL, all of the AUSL um, elementary schools Mm -hmm. as a feeder system, right? They're teaching them the skills at the elementary school level, and these kids are aspiring um, to Phillips, and they go to Phillips, you know, to play football. Now, and that's not out of the ordinary. This whole concept of a 15-year-old boy wanting to go to math class is like, a fallacy. No one <laughs> wants to go. Like, what do you remember from high school? You remember the prom. You remember homecoming. You remember the big game. You don't remember math class. You don't remember government class. You remember everything else. Actually, I'm kind of embarrassed. I didn't go to prom, uh, but I had I had fun in my freshman algebra class. <laughs> <laughs> He's some kind of something, isn't he? <laughs> but I do remember uh, going to a lot of basketball games. But uh, now I hear what your, your points well taken. Although this is a topic for another day, yeah, I'm not going to sure. have it today. But I will tell you right now, they should not allow children uh, uh, under the age of 13 to play tackle football. It should be all flag football uh, until they get to here. Here, wow, she agreed with me. On that. All right, very good. Uh, and I want to thank Stacy Davis Gates for bringing her baby brother Henry Davis Gates into the studio. And uh, we're going to have to do this again sometime, all right? Absolutely, man. I appreciate the opportunity. All right, very good. See, I, my voice got a little bit deeper. I'm in. Nice. Like, getting good. Nice. All right, let's do it over. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's ready now. Man, is Barry White in the studio? I don't know. Yeah, right. man. Very good. Uh, Henry Davis, Stacey Davis-Gates. I'm Ben Jarofsky. Take care, everybody. You too.